What is up, guys? Welcome to the Tour 12 podcast. It's a good day for podcasting, Cody, the producer, man. Beautiful day, man. I pulled up, and I thought, man, Heath ain't even in the house. There's this trailer. He's got it all back down. I thought you are out here working. <laughs> hey, I got to tell you about the last hitch you'll ever need. Okay, go ahead. You want me to tell you about it? I do. I want to know about it. It is the B&W Tow and Stow. It is bad to the bone. I've seen it on the back of your truck. It's no, pretty cool. It is sweet, dude. It comes in multiple ball sizes. It eliminates the need for multiple ball mounts. It's adjustable in height for level toe, and it's steel construction. It fits any standard two inch, two and a half inch, or three inch receiver. You're liking it so far, aren't you? I do. You? I You're do. liking it. And I've got the one I've got on my trailer, the ball size, it's got a one and seven eighths on it, a two inch, and a two and five sixteenths inch. So tell me how you're actually using this thing. So literally, every evening after we get done working, I've been on the farm every afternoon, the 43. That's the 43. Our, that, that's our farm. It's still weird to call it the 43 to me. <laughs> well, the reason we had to quit calling it the 40 is because there's a, a club here in town that's called the 40. <laughs> and my wife's like, you got to quit saying you're going to the 40. <laughs> and our farm's actually 43 acres. So now we have named our farm the 43. <laughs> and so I've been out there working in the evenings, you know, I've been bush hogging, mowing. I got a little track hoe out there. And I actually just had to get a bigger trailer because my my mini X crushed my axles on my old trailer <laughs> and uh so i got a new trailer and it's got a two and five sixteen inch ball on it fourteen thousand pound trailer and dude it's awesome so now when i flip back and forth i literally just pull the pin flip it around go from two inch to two and five sixteenths and it's it's like a rock star ready that's awesome so i tell you all that because you need to get you one how do you do that you do that at bnwtraderhitches.com yeah and uh that's where I would go and check them out. They got dealer locators all over the nation, and it will be. I, I, I attest to this. It'll be the last hitch I ever buy. That's cool. I say I, that. I may buy an extra one for like my son's rig or my wife's rig. So I may need like two more. Do you put one on the Jeep too? Oh yeah, put one on the Jeep. Yeah, I like it. So that's cool. My truck doesn't have a receiver, but when I get one, this is what I'm getting. That's what you're gonna get. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because my my truck sits really high on the back. Yeah. And so anything I've ever pulled it. I, oh yeah I'm tilted so well, this fits every country born in America every country born in America has got a lift kit <laughs> that's right <laughs> so you can drop this bad boy down and tow away wherever you need to go that's right you guys check them out bnwtrailerhitches.com this is Travis T-Bone Turner. We're here at the Tour 12 Podcast. Don't give your guide a knife for a tip. He probably has a knife because he's a guide. <laughs> kind of here he comes. I mean, that's the kind of stuff. Here he comes. He's coming in hot. Hey, I'm Nick Mont from Bone Collector. You're listening to the Tour 12 Podcast. If you're one of these guys who carried horns around ATA, just leave them at home. Quit being an idiot. <laughs> so B does all of our modeling. He's the look good guy. I'm the face Definitely, uh, I don't have a voice for radio. I'm the face for radio. I'm the ugly <laughs> wild here, dude. You guys out there listening, you know, put your kids in front of this podcast. I mean, we're not going to get too crazy. You might want to put them to bed maybe a little bit later home, but <laughs> that's just that's just me talking. But we'll get to arguing over schedules or, or man, you know, something that we Where disagree we're gonna on. Where are we going to eat? Where are we going to eat? But at the end of it, we hunt together because and hang together just because we truly, truly enjoy each other's company. Well, it it is our job, and we have a platform, and by all means, we're flying the flag as much as we can. We, we need, we want to preach it to the everybody. It's not for the elite. It's not for the rich. It's, it's enjoyment Making for everybody. Making a living doing something you absolutely love, what we call living your passion, you might actually be closer than you realize. It's actually what this whole podcast is built around, living your passion in three areas, business, leadership, and life. I'm Michael Waddell, and you're listening to the Tour 12 Podcast.
Heath, what are we going to talk about today? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? I don't know, man. We've got a ton of stuff going on. we got a lot of people wanting to know. Well, we kind of talked about it last week, but... Um, oh, yeah, with the um, opportunities. I'm mm-hmm. still navigating waters of opportunity. Oh, yeah. All the time. Even today, it's been like nonstop phone calls. Like one call today involved six companies. <laughs> Love <laughs> I it. I told you about it. It was like, I can't wait to share some of this stuff. I feel like we're leaving our listeners on edge. I know. Because we got like 17 things in the air spinning right now. Yeah. And they're all going to come down at one time. At probably. some point, they will. And we're going to like need to hire 17 people in one day to get all accomplished. <laughs> That's what I feel like. Well, I know, man. I've been I've been talking and brainstorming who we can, <laughs> can hire in one day. <laughs> How are we going to do this? People are going to be like, dude, I got a job. I can't leave. And we're like, we need you. Yeah, yeah. I talked to a guy today that literally, he, he would be incredible on our team. And uh, he's got a pretty uh, vital role with, with the place he works at now. But he's one of those guys you're like, dude, we may need you mm-hmm. soon. And uh, just from a man, I mean, he's, from management to creative, he's he's really good. And uh, But with all these opportunities, I, I was thinking, because I had a call last week, I believe it was last Friday, maybe it was Thursday, I can't remember. But had had some young guys call, they wanted to schedule a call and talk. And man, it took me back. Because I remember about, I don't know, whatever, 12, 13, 14 years ago when we started Strut and Buck and went down this journey of outdoor television. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even then, Facebook and Instagram, all that stuff was nothing what it is today. Right. And so, well, this is where you that start. That was like MySpace days, right? <laughs> did you have a strut and buck My, MySpace? I, my, I don't know if we did, but. <laughs> That's hilarious. If we did, it's probably still out there floating around it's, somewhere. I don't even know if you can still get on MySpace. Hold on, I'm going to look Let's right look now. It up. I'll, pull, I'll pull it up. MySpace. That's so funny. Dot com. Let's see if it pulls up. Dude, MySpace is still out there. Really? This, this looks look. like legit, though. Anyway, um, had some guys call. And they were like, man, we need to like know, you know, what do you got to do to get going? <laughs> I was like, oh boy. Uh, but I remember it, it took me back instantly. It's why I wanted to get on the call with them because, I mean, we said it, they text me about what they, they wanted to talk about first, but there were some local guys and they're getting into um, the whole scene of what we do. Mm-hmm. And I can remember when we looked back and, and started, we didn't, we didn't know one. I mean, when I say didn't know one soul in the industry, we didn't know anybody, not one. And um, and so I, it took me back to how we started. And I don't know even other than we just dove in and did it. That's yeah. what we did. Um, but it immediately took me back because I thought, man, I wish I would have had somebody. Where could we have been now? Right. From a time span standpoint, if we would have had somebody to really lean on and coach us through mm-hmm. this process, you know, and so it kind of, I guess, stirred <clears throat> maybe a little bit of conversation for today of, of if you were starting from scratch, what does that look like? Mm. And part of that to me is like scary because I feel like it's way harder now than it is than it was back then to get into. Why do you think that? Well, I mean, just from I'll, I'll give you some just some roundabout numbers. So. The way outdoor television works is, if you're not familiar with outdoor television, is it's it's in some ways it's a pay-to-play game to mm-hmm. a certain extent. Now, each network, there's three major networks, 
basically three nat- I was going to say it's discovery it don't really fall even under the same umbrella um, and we work with them but from a, a real a real outdoor television standpoint there's three major networks you've got the outdoor channel sportsman channel and pursuit channel and for the most part all three of those networks are a pay to play mm-hmm. type platform meaning if you've got enough money to pay for your airtime then assuming now there is a little bit of quality control there as far as the quality of your show that mm-hmm. you've got to be accepted but let's be real even pursuit channel as bad as they need shows nowadays they're accepting almost anybody yeah um well when we started back in the day we started on, on sportsman <laughs> channel i feel like an old grandpa <laughs> back in the day back in the day boy we was <laughs> <laughs> we was running vhs tapes in our camcorders <laughs> we did run high eight tapes yeah I was about to say, you they weren't far from vhs <laughs> Uh, but we were we were distributing them back out on VHS probably, but it was a long time ago. But just I'll give you some perspective. So back in the day, I think it, our our pay to play airtime was around. We had to get accepted by the network first, so we sent in a promo, basically a pilot episode of what the show might look like. Mm-hmm. Then they call you and they say, "Dude, we love the show, or we don't like the show." If they like the show, they're like, "We want to explore." A possible contract with you guys so mm-hmm. they, we do that and our contract i believe don't quote me on this but i think it was around 700 dollars a week back then ballpark 650 to 700 dollars a week to air on national television so fast forward to i'll say this let's fast forward just about six years okay. from the time we started and that went up to probably i don't know four or five six thousand dollars a week costs well now you start talking about what seven times four if that's twenty eight hundred dollars a month versus you know seven eight thousand dollars a week you're starting to talk about forty fifty sixty thousand dollars a month in just airtime costs mm-hmm. so now fast forward another few years and there's been a mass exodus of television shows because of the digital for multiple reasons there's a lot of reasons television shows have went away one has to do with money right because tons and tons of weird on a regular basis clients are pulling television dollars to put into digital outlets mm-hmm. because of social media and those avenues then so now because there has been a mass exodus i would say probably in the last three years is when i've seen it the most i can remember three years ago at, at the ata show television shows were walking around everywhere going what are we going to do yeah i mean left and right people were getting cut because people are pulling their television dollars and going to digital outlets mm-hmm. and so when you have those type of cost if they're 40 or 50 grand a month in airtime cost and somebody starts pulling your funds there's not too many television shows out there making money yeah i will say we will be one of them that does this year though yeah. Finally, after all this time. <laughs> after I, 10 years. Well, our goal has always been to break even. If the, if the show can break even yeah, and we can advertise for our partners and we get to do what we love and live our passion through that avenue, then it's a win for us. Now, we're not going to pay money to do that. Yeah. We're not going to sacrifice our family so we can go hunt on TV. Yeah. Now, there are people that do. Yeah. But we were just never like that. Um, and so we've stuck with it long enough now. We've survived that mass exodus of shows getting cut. And... I will say in the last three years, air times have started dropping some considerably because... Because everybody's going there's digital. There's been so many people that have went away. There's not that many great quality shows still left out there. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the shows you see now, I feel like are one of two things. They're either um, 
they are shows that have strong credibility with their partners, which that's where we fall into is because of the quality we do on and off screen of what mm-hmm. we do for our clients. We take care of them in a lot of different ways from a content standpoint. They want to work with us. So we've been able to survive that. Or you've got people that just come from deep money backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's somebody that's rich that's just fun in their own show. Mm-hmm. Or it's it's almost one or the other now. There's mm-hmm. not very many poor, poor shows out there that are being funded by companies. Yeah. Because there's too many good ones you can support. Right. You know, and, and you can support them on the digital side too. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's I think that's why I think it's harder now than it used to be. Um, and the other reason it's harder now is if so. Look, so let me backtrack again. I know I'm rabbit trailing a little bit here, but when we were in the prime of outdoor television, I would say when I say the prime, I mean as far as tons of shows being involved. There was around 700 shows airing between those three networks. Wow. All fighting for the same marketing dollars. So what is it now? I don't know. I can't give you an accurate number. I would say it's probably, I don't know. I, I almost want to say half. Now, that's just, I'm guessing here. Don't quote me on that. But That's still a significant. Significant cut. And so, but here's the challenging thing. So if you were starting a show today in outdoor television, let's just say for round numbers, there's 300, 350 shows out there airing between the three major networks and two on Discovery Channel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So think about how many people are trying to do something on YouTube now. Yeah. Or on social media. Mm -hmm. The number probably far escalates 700 television shows. Easy. You know, so so you've still got the same amount of marketing dollars being spent. You just got now more people fighting for those dollars. So the the marketers have more money. The companies have more money to... Or more options to more choose options, to spend yeah, their which money dilutes on. the money. Yeah, yeah, they can only spread it so many ways. So you got around, I think last year somewhere a little over fifteen million um, hunters bought tags in mm-hmm. North America. That's that's our audience that all of these companies are spending money on to market to. That's their target audience. And so, I got to have this call the other day with these guys, and they may be listening. If they're not. They ought to be. I told them they just need to listen to podcasts. It'd be way faster than <laughs> I me. tell people that all the time. Well, I mean, then because we talk about this type stuff all the time. Right. It's part of why I told them. I said, this is why we created the podcast. It's for mm-hmm. people like you. It's, there's some entertainment value there, too. But at the end of the day, we hope to add some value that helps you get from point A to point B. Right. And I said, we talk about this stuff all the time on there. And that's the reason f- for this is so we don't have to jump on a phone call and say the same thing. 7,300 times. Right. You know, yeah. You can just download whenever on your schedule. Yeah. You got to call us or whatever. Just go listen to it on your own time. Yeah. But I told him, I said, I said, you've got to figure out right out of the gate what makes you different. You know, I, and I went back to the old, what was that episode three? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, do you want to be the content guy or are you trying to be Waddell? It's fine, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Just, just know the Waddell yeah. heart's pretty challenging. Right. There's not very many Waddells left yeah. in our industry. And so we went down that path. And I, I just told him, I said, I said, I would look at every potential, because you're not going to get partners initially anyway. You right. might find a buddy deal that somebody gives you some grunt calls or duck calls or whatever. But you've got to figure out a way number one you got to figure out a way to, to build an audience mm-hmm. nobody's gonna it's like we were telling nate i know you're listening to the podcast it's like i told nate earlier if you got three people following you 
people probably ain't even gonna send you free products. <laughs> I told my son that the other day. He said, "Dad, thanks for this." Uh, I gave him a Big and J shirt that was too small for, oh, yeah. for me. And yeah. He said, "Thanks, Dad. I'm so glad to have this shirt. Just take pictures of me, and they'll, they'll send me shirts all the time." I said, "Dude, you don't post anything on your social media. They ain't, they ain't sending you nothing." Well, even if you do post, you've got to have some following. Yeah, well, that's what know. I. Now, what's interesting, especially on Instagram, you can find some young people that actually do have a following. Yeah, I mean, some of them got more than I do, and they're like 15 years old. I'm like. You got so much influence and don't even know it, right? You know, but that's the deal. Is you got to figure out how to build a following, and a lot of it that is a benefit. I always look at pros and cons to the younger generation coming up. That's one pro they do have. That's a benefit. Yeah, they may already have a pretty stout built-in following. Yeah, just because they've been through junior high, and they know how to run this stuff better than we do. Anyway. They do. I mean, they really do. They know how to get traffic and post the right things mm-hmm. or whatever. So if they can take what they know already and apply it to a, a little bit of business strategy. They can eventually get successful, but even in that, you're still going to have to figure out what separates you from everybody else. Like if there's 1,500 people out there trying to make YouTube shows, mm-hmm. which there may be more than that. There are more than that. Maybe not specifically to the hunting industry, but there's a lot. Why would, if if Heath owned South Face Media and we we're going to sponsor shows, why would you? Why would, why would we, we give you? you why would yeah. we give you money? What makes you different than anybody else out there? And I think you could look at that in any business, really. It don't have to be a, a television show. I mean, you may own a refrigerator company. You know, you own a refrigerator company ever? No, I haven't. I don't have it. It's not on my passion list either. But, boy, the phone's still blowing up. Um, oh, this is awesome. This is when my buddy Matt posts me, um, sends me pictures pretty much on a weekly basis of former partners that still post our photography. <laughs> That's always hilarious. <laughs> that could be a whole nother podcast. He sends you that every week. Oh, every week I get them. Thank you, Matt, for sending me that. I won't throw the company out there, but it's <laughs> awesome that they continue to use our stuff. Um, I, I think you could look at that with any business. Is is and and you know write it down. What are one or two things that really set us apart from any? If you can't answer that. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a long journey. Right. It's a long enough journey if you can't answer it. Right. But if you can't answer it, it's sure enough a tough journey. Yeah. So that was the first thing I told these guys. I told them don't quit their day jobs either because <laughs> just because you've got to have some income while you're going through this process right. um, of, of getting wherever you want to be. So I don't know, man. I just, I think, I think, man, starting over. Mm. <laughs> I, I know, but here's what I did. The, the, the sentimental side of me was like, God, if we could have had, not that we're anything special by any means. The only thing we have on them is experience. Right. And a, a great network. Right. You know, but. I think that would be another thing is build a strong network. Yeah, I did. I, I went into the you whole deal with, well, just with relationships and networking and approach every single person that you possibly run into in this industry with an attitude of how can I serve? Right. And how, what could I do to help you get where you want to be? Because some companies are going to be like, honestly, they're going to be like, we don't need you. We got 17 people that do what you do. Yeah. Unless you can say, but hold on, let me tell you why it makes sense Yeah, to work with us. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to do that this morning on a call with, I didn't sell it that way, but I was very upfront about why we are different mm-hmm. um, from a South Face side of things on the, on the media and marketing. And after an hour conversation, it, I felt like it made a lot of sense mm-hmm. to the individual I was talking about. So I think you have to be able to do that no matter what business you're in. We do it every day, whether it's marketing or we're working, speaking on behalf of our brands or to a potential new client or a new partner with Strutton Bucks or whatever, or Tour 12 or whatever the case may be. You've got to be able to make it make sense for them. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can't, 
it's it's tough right just because there's a i want i would could would it be safe to say there's an oversaturation of (laughs) people that do what we do oh digitally i would think so i will say there's an oversaturation of advertising digitally yeah and that's something we look at all the time is how do we cut through this for our clients yeah cut through the noise is what we what i like to say um and so you have to be able to because it is it's overran Mm -hmm. um and again we're really for the most part still talking about the same amount of dollars probably not too far off of what it was 10 years ago yeah it might be less yeah because honestly a lot of times what i see is when people when companies go through a a either a rough time or a company that is becoming very successful the first thing they start to cut is marketing dollars yeah so they think we're already here we don't well and there's some reality to that you don't have to if you like we work with companies that spend well over a million dollars a year marketing 10 years ago that now don't have to spend that much money because they're, they're more, established that don't mean and, you quit right but you're just not blowing it out there every different risk like the shotgun approach yeah you know they don't have to do that anymore because they're established right and so there's if anything i was going to say there there may be less money out mm. there spent towards marketing now i mean mm-hmm. think about when you think about expenses in any business when things get either slow either either there's two sides of it. if you're really successful you can cut or if people go through a, a financial crunch mm-hmm. which we went through a couple of those with companies that didn't have much to start with yeah i'll give you a prime example i won't name the name but a company we had that we started working with a year and a half two years ago still to this day have a phenomenal product but their their capital their investor that came on board with them passed away you know who i'm talking about mm-hmm. but passed away so immediately their investment money went with him yeah. went to the family or whatever they did and it what's the first thing they cut marketing marketing yep they have to because they don't have any money mm-hmm. to you don't if you don't have you got they at least fuck they got to have a product yeah um marketing is it's one of them things you can spend as much or as little as you want mm-hmm. if you don't spend any you doesn't mean you can't be successful it's just gonna take longer right now that's a fact it mm. will it will take longer without marketing dollars yeah if you give me a half million dollars cody and we're gonna go market this microphone stand right here <laughs> i promise you we can get it out to the masses faster than if you don't give me any money to market it true or false <laughs> true <laughs> law of common sense right <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. that's the law of common sense yeah. in action so it doesn't mean we can't be successful with the microphones just you, it's, it's going to take road. some time different road yeah. it's going to take some time and a whole lot of networking and partnering with the right people and, yeah. and then believing in what you're trying to do yeah so that's good that's the challenging part of it i think is is it is very very saturated market right now everybody wants to be the next michael waddell that's that will always be yeah there's there may be some more i'll tell you a brand i think that i'll do i'll do a shout out to a brand right quick i don't have any personal connection to them but uh the catching catching deers brand yeah has done very well in a short amount of time i don't know if they had any backing or anything but they came out with a different i, I look at them like this these guys don't know me from adam i don't know them but they took a niche that was not being tapped into in the hunting industry probably since um, what was their names? There's a few people that's done it. Foxworthy kind of made a run at it on the yeah. humor, the humor side yeah. of the outdoor industry. Who was the other two? Do you know who I'm talking about? Back in the day, there was two guys that were like comedians almost. Um, and one of them's passed away. I don't know. Some of the people listening, I don't know who I'm talking about. I cannot remember their name right now. But anyway, there hasn't been a whole lot of people that took the diehard humor approach mm-hmm. to the outdoor industry. And these guys have done it. And their whole deal 
I, to my knowledge, this is surface level, me looking outside or looking in, but their whole deal is take your hunting seriously, seriously, but not yourself too seriously. Yeah. And so they have a lot of fun with it, and they've built a brand around this thing that's now fixing to be in Tractor Supply. It is yeah. now. It's in Tractor Supply wow. with all their apparel and hats. And so kudos to those guys, I man. Like it. They've done it well. In a, just in a few short years, they've come on pretty strong, and uh, they've done a good job with it. So I don't know if they had backing or not. Um, I, I would assume they had a little bit. Somewhere. Somewhere to get to where they're at, but it may not have took much. But they got to have some backing now. Yeah, you go for in, sure. You go in a couple thousand stores right off the bat with lots of hats, and somebody's got to foot the bill until you get paid. <laughs> yeah. So they got some backing somewhere. Net 90. <laughs> yeah, net 90, 120. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna net float, six months. Let's float a couple million dollars worth of hats and shirts for 120 days. So you have to have some backing to get to that type of level. Yeah. But I I, I don't know, man. The, the old school dad and me, I guess – grandpa should i be in my grandpa stage yet let's i mean you go with you with what I mean, you want i feel like i'm just an old teenager <laughs> but i don't know the sentimental side of it man if we, if we can help people yeah i'm willing to help to whatever level we can right like i told them they, they've texted me and called several times so i'm like look i will answer every text and call eventually eventually as long as you don't get butthurt over me not texting you right back yeah um i'll get back with you because we're, we're obviously very busy but i do want to help and i think man what a cool thing if we could help bring up now they're gonna have to listen yeah we ain't gonna waste our time yeah but if if they'll halfway listen and you know do what we feel like has helped get us there we might could help expedite the process for them a yeah. little bit it always helps when you have somebody in your life and i think this is a good leadership principle if you have if you're adding value of any sort you should always find somebody else that you can bring up underneath yeah, that you're so, kind of mentoring or yeah, whatever it's going to make you get further down the road yourself you know yeah well i, I just know looking back we didn't have that yeah <laughs> and it's 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 taking some time you know um, we didn't know it was taking time because we were just having fun but now as i look back and evaluate the last over decade mm -hmm. you're like man we kind of probably could have sped this up a little bit if we'd have had yeah if you'd have had somebody, somebody to lean on and mm -hmm. be like what do you do here what do you do there what would you do here what were some of the um of course i wasn't around those days but what were some of the hurdles that you you faced as you kind of got this going well i think the first hurdle we faced was so we went into this with the idea of we're we're hunters regardless if we film or not I was already doing some filming work, some some media work, and so the 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 mesh was I was already doing that, and I hunted. I had a whole other crew of guys that were already hunting. We we're like, this is a it's like a marriage, man. It's match made in heaven. We got a guy <laughs> that knows how to film and edit. We got a guy that knows how to hunt. Um, I would say the the biggest hurdle that's that right there is a hurdle for some people, mm -hmm. and I shared that with these young guys yet that last week is. This is what a lot of people don't realize getting into outdoor television. I've seen a lot of shows come and go, even quite a few shows from Arkansas come and go. And what people don't realize is, do you need to be good hunters? Probably so. Matter of fact, you probably, probably need to be a really you good. probably need to be a really good hunter because, and even guys that used to come on our team that didn't last, or because one they thought they were going to be the next Waddell. And this is this is what I tell people nowadays: if you're going to bring on a new pro staff member, you should go to their house before you ever say yes. 
and just see what's on the walls. Mm-hmm. At least see what's in their garage. Maybe they don't spend money on mounts, but they got antlers somewhere if they're legit. Yeah. Because what's going to happen is your harvest rate until you get established and start getting opportunities to go a lot of good places is going down. Yeah. It just is. If you start hauling a cameraman around, you got double the noise, double the scent, double the everything. Mm-hmm. So your success rate's probably going down as soon as you start taking two guys to the tree. Mm-hmm. Unless you're a really, really legit hunter. Um, and we had a lot of guys didn't realize that. I mean, you can't live in Kansas and submit. I ain't hacking, but I am. You can't live in Kansas and call yourself a die harder and submit and, and be a part of a television show and submit, submit one doe kill every five years. Mm-hmm. They don't cut it. Right. You know what I mean? And so I was by far of the team that we brought together initially, the initial team was by far the weakest hunter out of the group probably. But I had the media skills and and the skill set to pull off what we need to do. So what I was going to say is a lot of people make the mistake of going into outdoor television thinking I'm a killer. Dude, y'all got to have 13 shows. I killed 13 animals last weekend. You know, that's what some people now in Arkansas, they probably weren't legal, but that's what, that's the mindset. Or they were possums. Yeah, yeah, possums or skunks, whatever. But that's the mindset a lot of people have is yeah. they're like, dude, I'm a, I can, yeah. I can. Okay, so, okay. So let's say you can do that. Let's wait it all out. Can you produce a show? If the answer is no, then you got to hire somebody to produce a show. And when you say produce a show, it's not we just walked out to the tree, climbed up, it shot an animal, no, walked back to the no, car. No. It's the story. Yeah, it's all the all of the ex, supporting the footage, supporting the footage, B-roll, the, the story that the that commentary, whoever's or the commentary or the narrative of the story. There's mm-hmm. a lot of elements. Then you got to you got to pay for music rights. Who's going to pay for that? Who's going to pay for your production? Who's going to pay for your closed captioning? <laughs> <laughs> I know a guy who can do it. Yeah, we got a guy that can do it. Well, that was one of the things we did because I don't like giving just giving away money unless I'm doing it towards a good cause or something. Uh-huh. We paid for closed captioning for several years, and I was like, what's it cost to do this ourselves? So we went out and bought all the software to do it ourselves. And Matt, to this day, don't like me for it. But <laughs> that's probably the only part of his job he hates, but he's good at it, and it saves us money as a team. So you've got that. Then you've got the cost of the show. Mm-hmm. Who's going to pay for that? So the biggest hurdle, I'm answering two questions at once here. There are, There's a big hurdle, which I'm getting to, but the hurdle before the hurdle, <laughs> the biggest hurdle is paying for the show mm-hmm. in year one. Because, so to answer your question, the biggest hurdle for us was paying for the show in year one because nobody wants to invest money into a first year show. Hardly ever will you find somebody going, you can get product all day long, but there's too many people coming to them with the same spiel mm-hmm. of we're, we're going to be the next great show. And they want to know if you're going to be around. Year in two, two years, year three. three. Yeah. So year two, we started generating money. But year one, it was all products. We footed the bill ourselves. But the cost of the bill was so much cheaper because we had in-house production. We did it basically all for free because we loved it. Mm-hmm. I was living my passion. I wasn't getting paid for my passion, but I was living my passion. <laughs> so, so, But what I was going to say back to the second hurdle is, which was actually the first hurdle, <laughs> I was answering your question. <laughs> Are you tracking with me or no? I'm really totally lost. I'll try, I wish people could see your hands. It, I'm just tracking back and forth. <laughs> with the biggest mistake this goes I'm answering my own question I made up I think the biggest mistake I see is people thinking that all you got to do is be able to hunt right so there's three phases of this business that you have to have to be successful if you're going into speaking specifically to outdoor television you got to have people that can hunt mm-hmm. and got to be pretty good at it you've got to have or if they 
if they're terrible at it, that's okay, but you better have some good land to go yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or you better sell your show on we're a terrible hunter. Yeah, that or I would I would recommend this. Don't try to start a hunting show and live in Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the toughest state ever to try to pull it off in. But we've done it for a long time. But it ain't all been Arkansas based. You've got to have either in house people that can produce it that can hopefully has a has a halfway love for doing social media because that's your platform to put mm-hmm. to get it out for free to the masses and then you've got to have somebody that halfway knows business mm-hmm. that's the there's three phases of it to me and there may be more those are just the initial three that jump out that you, if you're getting into this from ground zero and i shared this with these guys it's not just about hunting mm-hmm. there's a business aspect of this that has to be in play because somebody's got to be able to go out and, and negotiate, well, and negotiate, and generate relationships, mm-hmm. and communicate with people, and them, and be able to cast vision for mm-hmm. something. Like we had when we started off, we had—I'll be honest with you—and we're all really close friends to this day. But for the most part, I wouldn't trust nobody other than myself going out and communicate the vision of what we were trying to do, just because they weren't public speakers, so to speak, or, or natural communicators when it came to putting a vision in front of somebody that they could actually relate to and, and say, this is why this makes sense for my business. Mm-hmm. They were just all hunters and they're dang good hunters. Mm-hmm. But I, we, I filled the void for the team. Mm-hmm. Whereas they filled the void on the hunting side for me. I do okay now. It's 12 years down the road or 15, whatever it's been. But, and I've learned a lot from those guys. And in return, they've probably learned a lot from me too on the, the business and the, and the networking and building relationship side of things. Right. It takes all three of those elements working together if you're going to make it really in any business, but mm-hmm. for sure in the out. I mean, other than the, the hunting animals and killing animals, you could take that part out of any business because that don't. Really so happen. say that in outside of the hunting industry, what are the three aspects you need a business guy? You're talking about outside of the hunting industry? Yeah. So you said it goes for any, any, well, it goes any business. For, it, what would you say those three would be? Well, it's, it's. It's somebody's got to got to know what your product is. Which mm-hmm. in our in our case, for Strutton Buck, originally when we started, the product was our show. Right. That was the product. So somebody had to have or know the product. So outside of the hunting industry, it, I guess that's what it would be. It would be like you've got to have something to sell. Mm-hmm. What is your product? Is it? Are you selling a service? I mean, for us, that's our product with South Face Media. It's it's a service. We don't have a product per se as far as a tangible something you can hold our service is our product so you got to have something to sell you got to have somebody that can sell it and you got to have somebody that can execute what you've sold all right does that make sense something to sell somebody to sell it somebody to make it happen that's basically up in my that's mind that's really good because well, it's not just hunting in or outdoor industry people that want to know how you got started yeah well you have people all the time ask you that yeah. question you know i think of one guy you know that we've talked to several times and and he's playing all of this stuff out in his head yeah and so i thought it'd be good to ask you that or to kind of yeah broaden the scope because we have a lot of different people yeah. people that are selling jewelry that listen you know <laughs> well that's I mean, the thing so you've got to have those three elements and then the fourth one depending on what your product is you've got to have some kind of financial backing mm-hmm. because I'll, I'll say this from a, and this still blows people's minds this day. For the for the most part, South Face Media doesn't have any debt. Well, how does that happen? We're selling a service, mm-hmm. and we have slowly built it over the years. Really, over the last fifteen years, it's been slowly built, been built to where as we need things, we just buy them. I took out. I think I took out a. And this is years ago. 
I want to say it was Apple. I'm trying to remember, even though that wasn't my first computer. But I think I did some kind of an Apple loan years ago. You told me about that. It was the only thing I've ever taken out to front a business. And I only did it because I had work coming that could pay for it really fast. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason I did it. And so to this day, we've never took out loans or anything to buy equipment to fund South Face Media. Now, we could do that for multiple reasons. One, we were selling a service. The product was was my brain mm -hmm. to create at the, at the end of the day. So it didn't cost nothing. It ain't worth a whole lot now. <laughs> the, <laughs> the old grandpa. But the, but the, the other thing was the, the products that the, the money that we needed was not out. It wasn't like I was having to have, I mean, think about most businesses you start, you got to have a lot of times facilities, you got to have equipment and construction guys are like, think about what they spend. They're just an mm -hmm. example. You got to have dump trucks and tractors and whatever. Most businesses, it takes, some assets to get this thing going right ours it took assets but the biggest expense was just was was time for us mm -hmm. to to create and you know our skill set and and kind of make our skill set what it it is today so but if you're if you're going into any i don't i mean unless it's a service-based business you're going to have to have a little bit of capital it may not be a, not a lot mm -hmm. i mean even if you're getting into I don't know. I mean, we could throw screen printing or something out there. You're still going to have to have a way to, to print your materials, mm -hmm. you know? So that's an expense. What's mm -hmm. that cost? Is it a thousand dollars? Is it 25,000? Mm -hmm. So you've, you, most products, and especially if you're going to market them, you've got to have money to get the product made. And then the money to, on a big scale, foot the cost of the product until you can get paid. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if like we're working on some stuff right now, with a particular brand that's getting ready to, to launch hopefully sooner than later there's some initial costs going into it with getting everything just set up i mean you gotta nowadays you gotta buy domain names you're gonna mm -hmm. do it right you've got the whole legal aspect of it protecting your brand which i highly recommend yeah um we've had some great conversations lately <laughs> on that side of things about what's worth more and i've got an answer for it i think but is, is is your trade registering a trademark more valuable i'll ask you the question you tell me what you think is a if, let's just say if you could only have one or the other, would you rather have the registered trademark for your brand, whatever your name is, or would you rather own the domain name? It's <laughs> <laughs> a tough question, isn't it? It is a tough question because if you own the domain name, it don't matter what you got trademarked. <laughs> That's kind of the way I look at it. It's yours. It's you coming to it. you. Yeah, it's coming to you. So, But my answer to that question is you really need both. Yeah. And so many people don't protect themselves behind the scenes of what, somebody could come out not they could steal your idea literally that's where mm -hmm. this trademark registered trademark and all that stuff does come into play but i would recommend covering yourself well that's an expense mm -hmm. it costs money to do that you can get on legalzoom.com and probably figure it out but i would recommend getting with somebody that knows more than you do about it yeah and pay them whatever it is if it's twelve hundred dollars or fifteen hundred dollars for a lawyer to do it all that's the that's the Dave Ramsey way. It's maybe the safe approach, but it, it makes the most sense. If you're starting a brand from scratch, do everything you can to protect yourself. And if you do it from, from the, the front, beginning. From the yeah. front end. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't want to spend, a, and you'll be shocked at how many, even some of our clientele that will will make some decisions sometimes without protecting a certain name or a certain product. Mm -hmm. And then have to figure out. Yeah, because think about this. Let's say we create a product and then... In six months, our goal is to have this product in wherever, Walmart. I want to just go big or go home. Just go <laughs> Walmart. Then why would you go through all that effort and put a product in Walmart 
you already know it's going to be a net 90 or 120 days, whatever yeah. it is to get paid. Number one, footing the bill for something to go in Walmart is has bankrupted a lot of companies. Yeah. Because it's a lot. It, even if you put one product <laughs> Let's just every think about Walmart. That. One product, you've got a pretty dang big expense. <laughs> Most people are like, I didn't think I'd ever order that many in, yeah. a, in a year. Yeah, in a year. And for yeah. one product, you would have to. And they're not going to take one product. Yeah. So it's going to be a substantial amount if they're right. even going to take it. But if you didn't protect that from the very get go, and it's in there, and we roll in there and see that, and we're like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna research this and find out, or get my lawyer to f- figure this out, and they ain't protected it, I've already got an established brand. Now we wouldn't do that because we don't operate like that. But I can tell you, there are companies out there that will. Mm-hmm. And when you get into big business, they they don't care who you are. No. Integrity is nothing's looked through that lens of integrity. But I was blown away at a. This was my first ATA. I was blown away. Um, I was watching. There was these guys walking around with notepads, yeah, just taking notes. And I asked, I asked Aaron, I was like, "What are they doing?" He said, "They they're trying to knock everybody off." Yep, they're figuring it's out like, what oh they can God, knock off. Are you kidding? Yeah, and they may and be from another country, or it's pretty pretty legit I, stuff. I was blown away. I it, yeah, it's dirty business. Yeah, and so why would you? That's my question: is why, why would, would you, you not? Why protect? would you not protect yourself? Even if you have got the dot com or whatever you're looking to your brand is, you still want to protect it from the very get go because you're going to spend a lot of time. A lot of effort and a lot of money to get from point A to point B, and you don't want to be here four years down the road and you finally get established, and some joker comes in and knocks you off and you can't do nothing about it. Right. But people do it all the time. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, I, I, this product's never going to be that much, or nobody would ever do that to me. Mm-hmm. No, 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 Cody, the producer man. <laughs> they do it. You got to plan for the worst on that deal. Yeah. And, and expect it. That's it's almost like, you know, we've been. My son just turned sixteen. And it's been a great journey so far. He's still driving a few days later, so he hadn't ran over nobody yet. <laughs> but we were riding down the road the other day, and I told him, I said, and I'm not trying to be negative Nancy. I try to be very realistic. And uh, we were driving down the road, and I said, I don't remember a whole lot of what I learned from driver's ed, <laughs> with the exception of one thing. I learned real quick I was going to be a defensive driver. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, I expect everybody to hit me. Yeah. Like, so if I pull up to a stop, I'll look four times to this day almost, I'll be like at least four times. And then when I'm pulling off, I'll look to the right still because mm-hmm. I'm expecting somebody to be coming. Yeah. And that's, that's how I feel like this needs to be. If you're starting a business from scratch is you need to expect this is going to be the biggest thing on the planet that's mm-hmm. ever hit Walmart or whatever, whether it is or not act like it is mm-hmm. so that if it does, you know how to respond when it shows up because right. you're planning right, you know? Mm-hmm. And I told him that I mean, driver's ed, I, I learned to be a defensive driver and knock on wood. I'm 42 and I may hit somebody pulling out in a minute after today's podcast, <laughs> knock on wood, hope I don't, but I've been pretty fortunate so far and I've missed some, some collisions because I was defensive and expected them to be coming. Yeah. When Susie Joe is blowing down, texting, driving 95 down the interstate and she yeah. gets over my lane I was expecting her already. Yeah, most of the time. That part of that's vision. It probably is. is. If you yeah. wanted to get it, just give it a name. That's what you could tell somebody. You got to have vision for the future. It's not just the now. Yeah, you got to plan for it. And so I expect, even in our businesses, before we ever, I'll, I'll give you an example with Go Remote. We were getting that off the ground and still getting it off the ground. But there was a lot that went into it before I ever told us so, mm-hmm. because I had to get all my stuff covered on the back end before we went out there and even started a social media account. Mm-hmm. That's how far back it went. Now, I started some and didn't go public with them until we at least had that stuff taken care of, you know? And so my deal is why would you not 
protect yourself, put all that energy, expect the worst. It's mm-hmm. probably not going to happen, but somebody very well. Once you get something established, people are going to, it's a matter of time. People are looking. I had a call the other day from a guy. I won't mention his name, but he called me the other day and he said, I got a question. I said, what? He said, it's more of an integrity question. I knew right then. Well, you probably already know the answer. Yeah. If that's what we're calling about. But he said, we've got an opportunity here to do this product. And it was a product from a previous client that we had had. And I said, honestly, I wouldn't go there and just knock somebody off because, one, there's too many other ways to make money. And number two, that's just the lens, with the lens of integrity is what we look through. Is somebody going to knock them off? Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Can probably guarantee in time they will. I said, if I was going to create that product, I would go to them and talk to them about what they're looking to do with their business. Are they mm-hmm. looking to grow it? And that's what he did. And we'll see where it ends up. But there are people that if you've got something legitimate are going to knock you off. Let's use, here's a prime example. If you don't believe me, call Yeti. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> How many coolers One, are there? One, two, three, four. Oh, there's so many. I bet you there's 10. Yeah, at least. Ozark Trail. Lifetime. I mean, yeah, they're they're all <laughs> I mean, artists, grizzly, orca. The list just goes on and on and on, you know. And so, it's a matter of time if you've got something legitimate, they're going to. I, I try to get the dot com at all cost if I can, if I can afford it. Um, I looked at one yesterday for some stuff we're looking at doing. And I backed out. It was fifty grand. <laughs> Pretty cool name though. <laughs> it's better than the two fifty I had on another one previously, but. I would try to get that and I would try to protect yourself because that's what makes sense. If you're starting from ground zero and you truly, but this is the, this may be the test of if you believe in your product or not too. Yeah. If you're willing to do that on the front. Yeah. If, if that would, that would be a question for me. If somebody comes to me as an investor even and said, I want you to look at partnering with me on this, that'd probably be one of the first things I ask them. Mm. Cause the chances are they don't even believe in their own product. I'm like, yeah. Why would I believe in it? If you ain't even done due diligence to, to you know, protect yourself on the front end. Yeah. Because if you hadn't, I'd just be like, well, what do I need you for? Yeah, I'll just do it. No, I wouldn't, obviously. But I'm just saying somebody could say that to For them. sure. And so you got to protect yourself on the front end. And if you believe what you have is truly going to be legitimate. And um, I'll, I'll even go back to even strutting bucks, dude. Me and me and Jeremiah were talking about this the other day. We even went, I mean, strutting bucks, Inc. was registered fairly fast. Mm-hmm. I paid nine ninety nine for that website and it's still running today. But we went and did the whole deal. Got the we got the circle R and the whole deal years ago, getting it protected. And uh, but we had the domain too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I just think that's that's common sense wisdom. If you truly think you and we didn't because we did it and we didn't even think we was gonna have anything. To be honest with you, we didn't know if we was gonna actually. Be we we laugh about it today. Yeah, Jeremiah, one of the original guys, called me the other day. He's like, dude, he said, I'm liking all this success, but I miss my, my hunting buddy. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're always going somewhere different with work or hunting yeah. or whatever. But even him, he's like, you know, if you'd have told me when we started all this, y'all would still be doing all this, I would have, there's no way I would have said that would still be going on. Yeah. You know, we, me and Aaron were talking about the other day, even with Big and Jay, as long as we've been with Big and Jay now. I ain't even told that whole story on a podcast. That'll be its own podcast one yeah. day because it's hilarious. We gotta have Aaron on it though. Well, we gotta have Jeremy on there too. That would Big be and fun. Jay founder. Oh yeah. But moral of the story is that the reason we got with Big and Jay was a complete accident. And we'll yeah. tell that whole story one day. But to look at where it's went from there to now, all these years later, um, we would have never dreamed. Yeah. That it'd be where it's at, and it's not that it's anywhere 
but it's it's paved it's set the platform for us to be able to do south face media mm-hmm. and all these other opportunities that have popped up even in the last few weeks yeah they'd have never been there had we not went down that path of strut book well, that's crazy isn't that crazy it is i mean to look back and think about some guys just out jacking around with a camera and an <laughs> idea to all of the platforms it's created now it's pretty phenomenal it really. is and so you have to even when you if you i that goes back to even saying even if you don't know if it's going to make it or not protect yourself on the front end mm-hmm. because you never know you could be working with b&w trailer hitches in a few years yeah you know massive company that, yeah that you you may have never had access to had you not done due diligence on the front end of it that's cool i don't know if it's the most entertaining conversation it is interesting though if that's the place in life you're at definitely if you're trying to start something from ground zero a product a brand especially an outdoor television you know show or youtube show then it's definitely interesting yeah for sure to think through that process so there's somebody out there that needs to hear this actually there's probably a lot of somebodies out there that need to hear this for um, a dream they have or a passion they want to act out you know like live out and um while it's not one of those podcasts that we're going to make a really awesome opener for (laughs) yeah but you got to have some some meat sometimes well that's the goal like the goal is to help people get from point a to point b and find success in that and yeah and so um well and i'd even even know that's what i'm looking into this as a uh, how do we help people with coming after us type thing mm-hmm. too and that may be something that because i know we do have we've got people a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are actually even way farther along than we are yeah as far as success in business and so i would encourage you if you've got people underneath you that you can help bring up yeah you know along with you on the journey mm-hmm. it, it makes your journey a lot more fun yeah and it feels like it has more purpose to yeah it. So, absolutely i like that part of what we do man so, good stuff heath Cody, the producer man, we got anything else we need to talk about? I think I, I think I'm done for the day. You know what I'm gonna do here in just a little while? You gonna go get in the pool? No, well, I, well that's no, that's secondary to what I was fixing to do. Yeah, right, let me see if I can figure it out. You're gonna go get in your truck, go out to the 43, and do some work. I was gonna say I was gonna go hook up to my towing stove. <laughs> Like, but I'm already hooked up to it with my I, new, with my new you, trailer. I think you've been hooked up to it since you bought that trailer. I got this well, new switching trailer. switching out, but. I, Yeah, I got this new trailer, and I haven't hardly unhooked it in a week or two now. Yeah. I don't know how long it's been. But it's because I've been busy out there. Yeah. I've been busy out there ever since you and Matt went out there on a shoot and told me, <laughs> you're like, dude, you need to clean the 43 up. It's rough out well, there. Well, normally it looks like daggum Disney World out there. It, hey. <laughs> he keeps it pristine. It's a... Uh, I jumped out of the car and Matt didn't have his gun and he said, you might step on a snake and I looked down and the grass was up to my knees. Yeah, it's pretty Disneylandish out there now. (laughs) Like, companies should want to come do photo shoots here now. It's really a nice place. Yeah, it is. And it's like four minutes from the house. I like it. That's why it's nice. So, that's what I'm probably going to do sometime this afternoon. That's cool. Unless I'll go fishing. I'm going to go fish with my boys probably. You've been whacking them lately. I have. We've been fishing just ponds, but um, you went public though. You went. You went. 
Buffalo last weekend, didn't we? We did. We went to the Buffalo River and caught a few smallmouth. That was pretty fun. Them things hit hard. Oh, it was a blast. It was a blast. The first, my oldest son caught the first one and he was standing up in the canoe. My father in law was kind of paddling him around and Jaden standing up in the canoe. And the first time he he set the hook, it was on a rock. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because you're literally down the river. And the second time he said, I'm hooked up. I'm hooked up. He's reeling. And that is awesome. So he caught the first fish, and um, we stopped to swim. And because I, I was, I had my my youngest, my three year old, and then my, one of my other boys in the front, Jet. And so they were. Jet was trying to fish, so I was trying to keep the canoe straight. I yeah. couldn't fish and do that at the same time. And so <laughs> we got out to swim, and I headed straight for a log sitting in the water, and I caught some smallmouth down there. So yeah. It's fun stuff, man. I love it. I love fishing, man. Well, it's been a good podcast, Cody, I guess. Hopefully hopefully it added some value to two or three people anyway. I bet it did. If they're looking to start something. So, we got any thoughts on next week's conversation? Maybe we should just let it be a mystery until next week. That's because it will be a mystery (laughs) until we get there, probably. We're good. We did really good, man. There was, so like at the first of the year, we had all the ATA podcasts. So we, I think it was what eight, nine weeks we had, and then we sat down at yeah. the office and we did, oh, I don't know, maybe Quite four or five. Yeah. So we were way ahead, and then and then production season hit. Oh, that's man. that's actually what happened. Oh yeah, Matt got locked down on SB. I was on the Given Right. You're on Kendall's projects. And we just been that ain't counting all the other stuff. Yeah, we've just been trying to and slammed, hammered out, and then get together and do a podcast. And yeah, that's uh, I was talking with a company earlier while you were here and. And I was being honest, there's just a lot of plates spinning right it now. It really is. I feel like uh, we could do, what's that, Barnum and Bailey Circus Act? <laughs> I was thinking we could be on America's Got Talent. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, you boys are crazy, man. Y'all got you, way too much going you'll on. wait till we pull out the guitar and the ukulele, baby. <laughs> hey, I can't, on a positive note, I can't wait till some of this stuff ends. I feel like some of this stuff's coming down the pipeline, even from last week's podcast. I think, I think when it all kind of rolls out, I think it's going to validate some of the things that um, yeah the podcast has been encouraging and teaching and helping Leading people towards yeah. even for us in our life right because the goal is for us to grow too yeah. you know but yeah. to bring other people along on that journey with their own passion so I think when all of that starts rolling out however it looks because it could look a hundred different ways <laughs> at this point but I think it will really bring some some strong yeah. uh, validation to I've, I've mentioned goal. it to a few close people <laughs> they're like what are you trying to do <laughs> like almost every time it never fails the few that I've mentioned it to they're like whoa that's next level bro I had one guy tell me that other, that's that hilarious or over the week weekend I was like yeah it's pretty good stuff man yeah so, I love it it's gonna be good we're gonna leave you on the edge of your seat hanging for that info one more a week I'm gonna, I'm gonna change the music at the end of this one we're going with suspense suspense music that's hilarious alright man we gotta jump off here hope you guys have a great rest of your day night whatever time you're listening to this until next time peace out and God bless Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Listen, if you're enjoying what you're hearing here on the podcast, do us a favor, a huge favor. Go online, go to iTunes, jump on your podcast app and give us a review. This is why it's important. All throughout the year this year, we're going to be giving away products, hats, t-shirts, things from our sponsors. And the only way you can be registered to win those products is by going in and giving us a review. We'll be giving those out on a monthly
monthly basis and we want you to be involved in what's going on with free stuff we know everybody likes free stuff i'll be honest we enjoy free stuff and we want to share part of that with our listeners listen guys we can't tell you how much we appreciate you listening to the content we're putting out you're not only a part of the tour you're part of the family and we're building a tribe that's willing to go where only few dream about living our passion i am jay heath graham and i thank you for being a part of the tour 12 podcast Thank you.